In this edition of Hoopsology, Justin and Mac go back into the lab to discuss the breaking news regarding the NBA's new in-season tournament, the latest concerning Damian Lillard's future, free agency's winners and losers, and our thoughts on the recent ESPN layoffs. Please email your questions to hoopsologypod at gmail.com and follow us on all social media platforms for our latest content. We are a proud member of Underdog Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. And now, Hoopsology's in the lab. Welcome to In the Lab with Hoopsology. I am Matt Thomas, joined as always by my best friend and co-host, Justin Goodrum. Justin, how you doing, man? Did you have a nice fourth? Yeah, really nice fourth. Went to Comic-Con uh, here in Denver all three days. Uh, went to Golden, Colorado. It's about like 30 minutes away. Pretty nice hike. Yeah, can't complain. Even though I've um, been sporadic with the, the rain and it's like really cold outside, actually. <laughs> Uh, probably compared to your neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. We just hit hundreds here in Albuquerque uh, pretty <laughs> wow, consistently yeah. the last couple of days. Glad to hear that. Did you see anything interesting at Comic-Con? It's pretty good for, for people watching and <laughs> otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Lots of cool cosplay. Um, lots of celebrities. Always a, it's a good time seeing people's creativity. And the city's still buzzing over the Nuggets. So saw plenty of people just rocking their championship Nuggets gear. So um, the, the hangover is still in effect in terms of the, the Nuggets winning the title. So Right on, as it should be. Well, that's great to hear. And for you, the listeners, hope you had a very happy 4th as well. For those of you that celebrate. Um, in the meantime, since Justin and I spoke last week, there's been a lot more that, that has gone down in terms of free agency deals that have been announced left and right. Uh, just every couple of minutes, it felt like for uh, the first couple of days this weekend. So want to recap some free agent winners and losers on this episode. Want to talk about the Damian Lillard situation because it looks like um, – we now know that Damian Lillard is probably not going to be a lifetime Portland Trailblazer. So we'll discuss that. And then we had big news from the basketball media side of things, things that will really change broadcasting at ESPN. There's a huge list of layoffs that happened at ESPN. So we're going to react to that as well. But first, before we get into that, we have some late-breaking news recording this on July 5th. And Justin, I'll throw it to you for this since you just informed me about it. Yeah, um, Adrian Wolzianowski of ESPN, uh, he was spared from the ESPN layoffs. Um, he has broke that the NBA um, is – now, the way he put it, I don't know if it's 100%. I'm just going to read it verbatim and then – I'll let you guys decide. Um, it says, quote, ESPN sources, the NBA's new in-season tournament Final Four is set for December 7th and December 9th in Las Vegas. Stats will count for the league's regular season, except for the championship game of the event. So it looks like they're a full speed ahead for this in-season tournament. Um, this is something that Adam Silver has really been pushing ever since he's become commissioner. Of course, Las Vegas, I mean, it's very uh, popping right now with Summer League and NBA Con. So this is kind of step two in that process, probably, you know, in terms of the league um, expanding to Vegas. It's only a matter of time that Las Vegas gets an NBA team. I just think it's a foregone conclusion. So this is kind of step two in that direction. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this, Matt, just in terms of this late-breaking news? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see this roll out. I, I don't mind 
with the experimentation, I mean, the, the NBA has always done things like this, mixing things up. It, it seems to me, if it doesn't have any weight in terms of the postseason, like uh, affecting something, if it's inconsequential, then I just kind of wonder why I care at all about this tournament. But I'm curious to see how it plays out. And if it gives us, of course, more competitive basketball, then all in all, it's going to be a good thing. I, I just have questions whether that will happen or not. Any initial thoughts from you as you run your eyes over it? Yeah, I feel the same way. I think this comes down to, I think, Adam Silver misreading the American market in a way. Mm. I mean, usually I agree with them, but at the same time, mm. you know, we're different than other people around the world I, in terms of at least from a soccer model, right? I mean, if mm. you take a look, there are in-season tournaments. Their season's broken up. So if you watch a typical like season in soccer, basically you have friendlies with other teams in other leagues. Then when you have the your basis of the regular season, you're playing in different cups against different teams. So, for instance, like a Manchester United might play in like a Champions League. They might play in the English Premier League, and they might play in like another tournament. And those leagues don't count, but they have history behind them, so the fans are aware. And so I think you know, trying to put that model into an, like an NBA system, I don't think it's going to vibe very well. It's because if you're the player, like what is like what is the incentive, right? So we'll see. I'm down for new things. Maybe I could be wrong. Personally, what I'd be into is like an in-season tournament with the international teams. Um, mm. I don't know how you would pull that off. It's because of the season stuff like that. Um, I would find that to be cool. Just kind of, hey, bring up like the top international teams, a team from G League. Just do like a mini tournament just for fun. Um, and then kind of go from there. I think that would be cool um, rather than kind of doing this in-season this kind of end season tournament, but at the same time, that has negatives too. I mean, they're playing in a tournament. If you, you go with that model, they're playing in a tournament that doesn't matter in terms of the regular season. It's more work. So there's negatives all the way around with this, but you know, I'm willing to see how it goes for at least a couple of years. Yeah, I think you bring up soccer, and one of the things, and you know better than I do. One of the things soccer has that the NBA doesn't have is historical rivals. And part of that is because soccer has been around longer. There's been more time for those rivalries to build. So for sure, there's nothing you can do as the NBA in terms of just needing more time. I mean, you you basically have Lakers Celtics as your historical rival in the league because of a great decade in the 80s, essentially. And yes, a few other clashes before that. And then beyond that, there's really no rivalries that a lot of people care about. I mean, you have the Texas Triangle, as it's called. I, I you know, follow the Rockets pretty closely. Don't really feel much, um, I don't know, emotional intensity. Uh, don't really get all that riled up if the Rockets are playing like the Spurs or the Mavericks. I mean, I care maybe a fraction of a bit more than another NBA regular season game. But I think my point being, I, I might end up loving this tournament if we did something with divisions to try to create more rivalries this way. 
and, and this is probably a topic for another episode because you just have to structure things and maybe everyone you have your own divisional tournaments that have later postseason consequences or things like that. I, I don't know. We're <laughs> spitballing right here with this news just breaking. But yeah, I, I mean, excited to see what comes out of this. And, um, you know, whether it flops or if it's hugely successful, it's going to give us <laughs> a lot to think about and react to. And if it does flop, I, I do have every confidence in the league that they're going to adjust and figure out a way to make it better, or they're going to get rid of it, much like they got rid of the Eastern and Western Conference dunk contest teams <laughs> when that totally flopped. Um, so thank you for keeping us up on that, Justin. Let's get into this Damian Lillard situation, I, I guess would be the best way to say it. Damian Lillard right now, I will put his contract up on the screen. He is heading into the third year of a four-year deal, player option on that fourth year. And correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, but basically we have the NBA draft coming. Uh, the draft goes down as it does. Damian Lillard was expecting that third pick to be traded for uh, a more veteran experienced presence, maybe another all-star, something along those lines. A helpful piece to help the Blazers compete as title. Well, they end up not trading that. They draft Scoot Henderson, who also potentially could be competition for Damian Lillard at his specific position. Regardless, Damian Lillard isn't happy with that move. They then move. It's announced that they're going to sign Jeremy Grant to a five-year extension, which is still, um, as far as we know at this moment, still going to be upheld. Uh, and then Damian Lillard, the Monday after the week of the draft, so I believe last Monday, says, hey, I want to be traded. I I'm putting my trade request in. Um, and then eventually over the course of the next few days, it comes out and Damian Lillard basically says, Hey, by the way, I want to play for the Miami heat. And it's basically insinuated. If you don't trade me, not, not by Damian Lillard, but by other agents around the league. Hey, if you don't meet his request, yeah, he doesn't have a no trade clause, but if you don't meet this trade demand, guess what? It's going to be hard, even harder for you to land free agents and uh, players down the road because you made Damian Lillard dissatisfied after all the time he put it in your franchise. So I, I have a lot of thoughts on this, Justin, but I've, I want to get your thoughts before I, I insert mine into the conversation. Just give me your thoughts about the trade request. Is it understandable? And kind of the events that have followed, you know, in, in sort of, I guess, trying to craft it so that no matter what, he ends up on the Miami Heat. Yeah, I mean, this is the era of sports that we live in. You know, I think fans, they're going to feel bitter about this. I, I think, honestly, compared to other sports, I think the loyalty factor is less just because basketball is more of an individual game. Um but Damian Lillard, I don't know. I, I think he wants to win, and I think he's been handcuffed in Portland. I mean, I felt that way. 
just in terms of their restraints, even when they had CJ McCollum, just going through the injuries. I never thought they had a good enough team, even though I think when that year they're the third seed to really make any noise. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's best for him to leave and whatever team he ends up, I think you will see that he is a top elite player in this league. I think it'll be very similar to the Jimmy Butler situation when he mm-hmm. left Chicago and then when he ended up finally in Miami, that you saw that he was an elite player in this league. I think the same thing's going to happen with Damian Lillard, wherever he lands. So, you know, it's a bummer for Portland. I think it's 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 always heartbreaking to see, you know, it end like this. Um, but we'll see. I with you with Miami. I have a couple of things for you, and I'll pass it to you, Matt. Um, I just want to yeah. read this. This is from the Portland Trail Blazers GM um, Joe Cronin. Um, He issued a statement regarding Damian Lillard, um, quote, we have been clear that we want Dame to stay here, but he notified us today, and I believe that was a couple of days ago, he wants out and he preferred to play somewhere else. What's not changed for us is that we're committed to winning and we're committed to do what's best for the team in pursuit of that goal. And then Woj um, stated that the Heat, the Sixers, the Clippers um, are teams to have interest in Lillard's. Uh, with the Blazers valuating deals that would bring back the most young players and draft assets. Um, they noted that Lillard wants to play for Miami and only Miami uh, since making his trade request. Unfortunately for the Heat, um, they don't have a package of young players and draft assets that's very appealing to Portland. Um, Chris Haynes noted that the potential offer Miami is expected to make involves Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson along with draft picks. So... <laughs> Uh, what are your thoughts cool. with that news as well? <laughs> yeah. So I, first off, I don't blame Damian Lillard for requesting a trade. Um, even though it's, it's a rough time for him to do that simply because of where he is in his contract and that he still has two more years. I mean, the, the leverage that he has is just basically that everyone loves Damian Lillard. Everyone wants to see him succeed and everyone kind of understands. And and yes, he has been a good soldier for Portland for uh, I believe uh, close to 11 years now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, So totally understand there. So I want to say that first, I want to say also that I find it a little bit ridiculous that he would make it so public whoever leaked this if it's someone on damien's lillard's team i think he should be up in arms to signal where you want to go in a trade uh, i think you should make sure 100 that you do this behind the scenes because now uh all the teams in the nba know this and portland cannot uh, as easily get an effective deal done. Even if he ultimately did end up in Miami, I think uh, there's a better chance he is able to be as a part of a three-team, four-team deal, which is looks looks like is what eventually will happen here uh, if I had to bet on it right now. But I think designating your trade location for me and Damian Lillard is not the first player to ever do this. Let's, let's not pretend that. Uh, But I think that goes a bit far for me, especially when you don't have leverage, you don't have a no trade clause and no trade clauses are pretty rare in contracts. But I think that is something that teams 
should look at and get a little bit more unified on. Um, we, we've always mentioned, you know, aspects of player empowerment that we like on this podcast. In my opinion, this is kind of taking things a little too far. And I think Portland should trade for the best value that they can, even if there is a backlash from it. I just think at, at the end of the day, you're going to have max contract spots on your team. And as it stands right now, free agents really aren't coming to Portland. So how much damage is this really going to do if Damian Lillard doesn't end up in Miami? I would say trade for the assets. I know that seems kind of cold. I know that goes against popular opinion. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I do think Damian Lillard gets his way and they do him a solid and make sure he gets to Miami. Um, so th those are my thoughts there. I don't know. Do you think I'm being too heavy handed in any of that? No, I concur. I mean, it's a business. I mean, right. Why would Portland be loyal to Damien? He wants to trade. He, <laughs> I mean, at this point right. you need to get what's in the best interest of your team and not what's best for Damien Lillard. It doesn't make any sense. So no, I agree with you. And if you look at the GMs getting things done and, and really crushing it, I mean, you think of like, Danny Ainge and his run on the Celtics, uh, what he's doing now in Utah. Uh, I mean, really having personal loyalty and ties like that. I'm not saying you should mistreat people, but man, making it emotional really, really puts you at a severe handicap compared to what some other teams are doing. So yes, there's sentimental value. It's, it's one of the best players, if not the best player in your franchise's history, but Sorry, Damien, your your last act of service to the Trailblazers is now going to be helping us with our future, too. And we'll still love you when you come back. Yeah. That's that's how I would try to frame this. Agreed. Yep. All right. So Miami will be interesting to see uh, what they're able to pull off for this. Uh, you you assume you know, those pieces you mentioned are gone just simply because of cap space. You also wonder if a Kyle Lowry gets moved on his expiring deal. Uh, in any case, the Heat are presumably going to look very different next year and kind of move into that sort of super team status. And everyone seems to kind of love it when Miami is the villain. So I do wonder, uh, I, I mean, a lot of people still kind of gave Miami hate even with their run to the finals last season I, th I think a lot of people gave them mad respect certainly but it's going to be interesting to see the heat sort of shift gears as these underdogs in the finals to now like oh you guys have a super team with Dame Jimmy and Bam we hate you guys again etc you know I'm not saying that from me personally but you can just see the media narratives probably like themselves all yeah. right. So want to get into next some free agency winners and losers. Get thoughts on this. We've had a lot of transactions that have gone on. We're not going to be able to get to nearly all the transactions that have happened, but I do want to touch on things here. Uh, so I will go ahead and lead off. And I think the first winner that I have is a very, very simple one. And that is going to be the gentleman who became quarter billionaires as parts of their five-year extensions. I'm talking about Desmond Bain of the Memphis Grizzlies, Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves, 
LaMelo Ball of the Charlotte Hornets and Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers. Congrats to you guys on your five-year rookie extension deals. If you're smart with your money, you're pretty much set for life here with these deals. So congrats to those guys. Uh, time will tell, you know, if, if that works out well for these franchises. LaMelo Ball kind of makes me a little bit nervous for the Hornets. Uh, I, I think Halliburton, that's legit. There's a lot of good stats on him. The other one that would make me a little bit nervous is Desmond Bain. Is is he now? You and I have both talked and and with guests as well that yes, he's he's a very useful piece. Is he a max piece? He's going to have to prove that <clears throat> as a part of this deal. So I believe uh, the majority of those contracts were uh, 260 million <laughs> for that wow. five year extension. So. You can see um, some 50 million in a year salaries in the NBA. That is crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're just in a new era. I mean, as 90s basketball heads, you and I, you know, that that number just seems <laughs> pretty much unimaginable. Yeah. But um, anyway, I'm going too long on this topic. Please give me your first winner, loser, however you want to take it. Yeah. Um, first loser, since we just talked about it, I guess get it out of the way. Um, just the trailblazers. I mean, they're in a lose-lose situation. Um, as we said earlier, I think if they end up, you know, placing Damien in a place that he doesn't like, then the Trailblazers are seem like the bad guy, but they're looking out for their franchise. And if they send Damien to the Heat and they get um, a package that did not necessarily what they were looking for, I think it's going to hurt their franchise. So overall, I think they are a loser <laughs> just to get that out of the way. Yeah, no doubt. And I think also you, you see the Jeremy Grant extension yeah. that I put on the screen. Um, you kind of wonder too, like, how useful really is that as a piece now if Damian Lillard is not part of that plan? So 100% agree with you. No no argument there. Um, I guess we will see the, the – as a sports fan, you know, yeah. and as an NBA fan, we get to see right out of the gate what Scoot Henderson is going to be able to do, which is – I, I kind of still find excitement there. I, I do feel bad for the Trailblazers in – uh, the Blazers fans in losing Damian Lillard. Uh, I, I've got another loser. I, I think just kind of not a lot has happened for this team yet. And they were supposed to be, you know, title contenders after they acquired Kyrie Irving. Stephen A. Smith, I believe, was saying, like, who's going to stop this team? Well, turns out a lot of teams because they don't even end up making the play-in tournament. We all know about that. Uh, they tanked to keep their lottery pick. Uh, but anywho, they uh, just really haven't done a lot to excite me. They do get Kyrie Irving back, but it's on a three-year deal, which some people feel hesitant about given the volatility around the last couple of years. I, I don't mind that as much, but then they signed Seth Curry. That's, that's good to uh, bring him back. Dante Exum has played really well overseas. They have him on a one-year deal to test him out back in the NBA. And Dwight Powell returns on a three-year deal. So he was already on the roster. A lot of these guys already on the roster and returning. Seth Curry is a good addition. But I, I just feel kind of 
blah overall about the Mavericks. Maybe they have something coming uh, through the rest of the offseason. At least I would hope so for them. Uh, Justin, your thoughts and, and your next pick. Uh, funny you mentioned that because we have some breaking news and it has something to do with the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, boy. It comes from Adrian <laughs> Wilsonowski. Um, and he says that restricted free agent Grant Williams is finalizing a four-year, $53 million signing trade agreement to land with the Dallas Mavericks. Wow. Um, Boston um, will get three second-round picks in the deal, including a 2024, 2025, and 2028 pick, sources tell ESPN. And then there's a compensation update. Boston and Dallas will each receive two second-round picks in the deal. So does that change your mind with the Mavericks, or are you still ho-hum? This swings me a little more positive. They need that kind of energy and presence on their team. I'm curious to see if he's going to start or come off the bench, what he exactly will do. But I think this is a team that lacked having an instigator, and he brings that. So I I like that move, and, and I have to move um, a little more positive. I'm, I'm not going to say winner quite yet for Dallas just based on just hearing this and want to hear if there's any other players involved in the trade as well. Uh, Clearly it's a salary dump for Boston to not have to re-sign him and have him hit their cap. Um, That's, that's probably a domino for them re-signing Jalen Brown. You would have to assume, but no, that, that does swing me a little more positive on Dallas and good timing and seeing that props to you for seeing that, sir. (laughs) So my next loser is the Denver Nuggets. Um, you just had them up on the screen earlier, um, even though they were able to make those uh, signings in terms of Reggie Jackson, DeAndre Jordan, and Justin Holiday. Um, the main signing that they wanted was Bruce Brown. Um, if you saw the parade or the press conference, they were like, Bruce, stay here. They were begging him. Uh, that didn't work. You can see it on his face. He was like, eh, I, think I want the title. I'm gone. So, Bruce wanted to get paid. Yeah. Um, and he did. Him. Yep. <laughs> 45 million two year deal yeah. with the Indiana Pacers. Um, I it's a bummer for the Nuggets. Uh, I think I don't know if this is like a huge blow to their title chances. Um, he was critical to their team, don't get me wrong. Um, but we're touched talking about like free agency losers so far and a player that they desperately wanted to keep. Um, that is a uh, a blow to them for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, not, not unexpected. Uh, I do think Christian Brown will step up, um, and, and be all right. I, I think the team as a whole is still very well said. I think yeah. they have a great chance to repeat still. Um, they did also lose Jeff green yeah. and that leads me to the next topic, uh, which is a winner that I have the Houston Rockets, um, Hasn't been off in the last couple of years. I get to talk about the Rockets. They did make some big splashes in free agency and actually some interesting moves that people have found to be kind of controversial because it involves some controversial players. Um, So I'm going to pull up their moves here. Uh, Let's talk about the easy ones first. Jeff Green, savvy veteran presence. They get him on a one-year deal. I think that's great. Um, No loss there. He's a guy that can, he's been an NBA journeyman. He can teach the young guys about the league, how to be a professional. Love it. Jock Londale, one of my favorite names in the NBA overall. (laughs) Um, He 
have was signed for a four-year deal after his performance for the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs. I like him. He's big. He's athletic. He reminds me of a bigger, more athletic Daniel Tice when he was on the Rockets. Um, he doesn't have the shooting range that Tice had at times, but I think for a backup center that they desperately needed and some rim protection, he provides um, a lot for them there. And I, I think he'll have a shot at um, having tremendous trade value in the future, depending on the minutes he can put in for the Rockets. Now to the big ones, Fred Van Vliet, um, arguably the most coveted um, of the truly available free agents. He leaves Toronto. He's 29 years old. He gets a three-year max contract deal. It's The deals that we're talking about can't be made official for, I believe, another two days. So um, there's lots and lots of speculation that the third year of this deal is a team option which would be great for the rockets don't know if that's true or not i did look up his contract um from from a site online and it didn't say that there was a team option on there but even if there isn't a team option he'll be an expiring at that point and um could potentially help out a contender um and and we've seen far worse deals than that i mean he'll only be 32 and presumably still be able to offer a lot so potentially they could move him um anyway the rockets have a very very young backcourt obviously they drafted amen thompson jalen green is coming into his third year uh kevin porter jr was uh the combo with jalen green for their backcourt not really a true point guard now this team has a true point guard also his assist to turnover ratio is very very solid something that right there will help the Rockets big time in fourth quarters. And just as this gives two to three years for Amen Thompson to develop. And, and we see if he is the future point guard for this team it looks to be kind of the plan right there. Um, now, if you look at that move and the next move, we'll talk about as a move, like, Hey, are the Rockets going to get through the first round of the playoffs next year? No, no, no. Absolutely not, but they're on a specific timeline now, and they have veteran direction that they haven't had in the last two years. Speaking of veteran direction, the most controversial move here, Dylan Brooks, you and I talked about him a lot over the course of the playoffs. Um, you know, he was barking at LeBron James a lot while LeBron was killing the Grizzlies. Um, all kinds of controversy, you know, hit LeBron downstairs when he was guarding him. He had a, a really bad play in the regular season where he like ran over, I believe, a photographer on the sidelines, which is really cheap and dirty. Um, those things still stand and those criticisms are fair. The thing and J.J. Redick um, had a, a bit about this. I'm not sure if you caught it, but mm -hmm. basically saying, like, I want a Dylan Brooks if I'm building an NBA team. Basically, what I said about Grant Williams just now being an instigator for the Mavericks, Dylan Brooks brings to the Rockets. And he was a second team all defensive player. The Rockets maybe more than any other team in this league, or at least on par with any other team in this league, need a perimeter defender and just an elite defender in general. And they are getting that with Dylan Brooks. Offensively, he might not be able to contribute much. And, you know, we will see if I, I think if they did not have Coach Udoka as a leading presence in that locker room, 
Um, I would be much more concerned about this at the moment. I have to say I'm pretty excited given the huge deficits on this Rockets roster. One last thing, and then I will shut my mouth about this. They also did not bring in James Harden, which I think is a big victory. There were lots of rumors behind the scenes that that was kind of management's plan is to bring James Harden in and Coach Udoka really just squashed it said no what are we trying to do here no 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 i don't want him back here so it seems like with coach udoka at least at the moment the rockets have uh, an adult in the room again and i'm just very encouraged i i think they do have a real chance at i would say flirting with the play-in tournament like i said i'm not going to be expecting a first round win anyway apologies for <laughs> the lengthy discussion on rockets moves that might be all we get for this offseason. So there it is. Justin, your thoughts and, and your next pick. Yeah, um, you mentioned James Harden, so I'll just shift immediately to that. Um, he is my biggest uh, free agency loser, um, mm. just with the Doc Rivers podcast and then mm. what he said about him while his tenure in Philly, and then basically how it's going to be top. It's going to be tough for him to – to leave i mean he wants to go to the clippers but um i don't i don't think that deal is gonna happen i think that's gonna be really difficult and overall i think he might end up like carmelo anthony i think that's kind of his future in terms of just being um excommunicated from this league i mean you have mm -hmm. a he's a older guy who causes problems in the locker room and he gets hurt and you have to question his value I mean, what is really the point of having him on your team unless you're just going to put all your chips in and just he's going to be the leader or you can do what he – and you're going to basically – either you're going to bust or he can maybe have you, I don't know, a lower playoff team. I think that's the best you can get possibly. And I don't really – the way the NBA is going, like you said, Matt, you're seeing a lot of these teams build through the draft and get a lot of role players like the Houston Rockets are doing. I don't – I think the days of just trying to get like this big, huge uh, free agent to save your franchise is over. And I think that's going to really hurt Harden in the long run. Yeah. And also, I mean, everyone loves Damian Lillard. That, yeah. that might hurt Miami, yeah, sure. actually, the depth that they lost that overperformed in that playoff. So uh, point well taken. I do think, interestingly <laughs> enough, it, it may be better James Harden opted into the last year of his contract deal. So if nothing happens, he's still on the 76ers. I think that's still at, at the moment from what I can see his best shot at winning a title. So it would be kind of funny after all of this, if they just roll it out again, they've got coach nurse on the team now and, uh, and maybe they make a deep playoff run or who knows, maybe even make the finals next year. There, there is a shot at that. Uh, they wouldn't be my first bet, certainly, but um, could end up, oddly enough, pretty well for James Harden. But I think you're right on the money in terms of his value across the league at this point. Um, that ISO ball um, kind of feels like it. It has sort of come and gone, and that's something that, as as you well know, you know, Luka Doncic is is getting criticized for uh, quite a bit. That 
yeah, you're incredible, but your playing style doesn't bring success, uh, championship success. To be determined, obviously, with Luka Doncic. Um, rapid fire for you real quick. I'm not even going to share the screen on this one, but just wanted to highlight a quick winner of the Indiana Pacers. We already mentioned, you know, they extended Halliburton. They got Bruce Brown, who I think they overpaid for, in my opinion, uh, just kind of being in Indiana, unfortunately, it's, it's that small market tax, I think. But the thing that I also want to point out that affects the New York Knicks is they got Obi Toppin in a trade, I believe, for two second round picks. Oh, wow. And I think that is incredible value uh, for the Pacers to get to test out Obi Toppin, who I think was misused under Tom Thibodeau and I think could be huge. Uh, for the Pacers, I, I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star in the Eastern Conference, but if you're looking at like an athletic double-double type of guy, um, I think he could fit the mold for that. And and also it, with that athleticism is a pretty versatile defender. So curious to see how that ends up, how he ends up fitting in Indiana. But I think regardless, a very, very smart move by the Pacers there. Um, your next pick, Justin. Um, I have one more and that the Bulls <laughs> uh, as a loser. I mean, mm-hmm. it's bashing on a team, but I just quickly, I think I mentioned it last week, so I won't spend too much time on this. I didn't like the Vucevic extension. I don't really see the use on with the Bulls. Uh, he's just kind of a slower, methodical player. Um, and I just don't think he fits with DeRozan or Zach Levine or, you know, Hopefully one day of Lonzo so sometimes <laughs> somehow comes back. Um, I don't see how he fits into that mold. So a bummer to see him resign, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, a very good player, Yeah, but kind of feels, I, I feel, I do feel bad for your bulls. It just kind of feels like with this Lonzo ball situation, they're sort of in no man's land. Yeah. Um, I would say so. And, <laughs> and so why extend that at this point? Um, you know, but maybe that ends up as some some draft capital for them later on. I could see him as as a pretty hot like trade deadline target for teams if if the Bulls are pretty out of it. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, quick winners for me. I'm just going to combine them together as as we get to the end of our list here. The Lakers and the Suns. Um, I don't think there are earth shattering things here. But I am impressed with how many needs that they had and how quickly they were able to fill them in free agency. You look at both teams and the list is long of their moves. You see for the Lakers quickly, they get Rui Hachimura on a three-year deal. They get Jackson Hayes to a two-year deal. Tarian Prince, who I think is very useful on a one-year deal. Austin Reeves. They get him on a four-year deal, I believe, for $56 million, which is quite a bit less than he could have commanded. So the victory there is that another team didn't come in, uh-huh. even though he's a restricted free agent and, and the Lakers could still have first right of refusal to sign him. No other teams put an offer in. Um, I, I believe they could have offered four years, $90 million, if I'm not mistaken, to really push that price up for the Lakers. And it just, it's, it's a Bill Simmons take, but I agree with it that like, why not offer that to Austin Reeves if you're the San Antonio Spurs right now? And he could still be a useful player, even at that price. And you've got the cap space to make a competitor 
weaker in, in terms of what they're offering him. I, I don't get that. We'll see what happens when this all becomes official. Cam Reddish, they get for a two-year deal, could be a useful piece. D'Angelo Russell returns on a two-year deal, and they pull Gabe Vincent, who had a great playoff run for the Miami Heat. Uh, they pull him for a three-year deal and uh, takes care of a need that they had for a backup point guard. Uh, so looking pretty for the Lakers scrolling down to the Phoenix suns and quickly what they were able to do. I mean, seemingly in about uh 24 to 48 hour window, <laughs> we talked about the Bradley Beal deal that I'm, I'm still not in love with, but after that, they had lots of things. Uh, they, they had a whole roster essentially that they had to fill. I'm not going to read all of them, but some of the big names, Eric Gordon left, um, to sign with them, uh, basically kind of handpicked the Phoenix Suns, I, I believe, because of their title contention chances uh, and his belief in, in them. And also uh, Utah Watanabe uh, from the Toronto Raptors, who was on fire from downtown and could potentially get a lot of open looks on this team when he's on the floor with certainly KD and um, uh Devin Brooks. Uh, so a pretty impressive, I mean, a bunch of minimum deals to, to low range deals for these players. And they just fill out their roster. Not a lot of maybe earth shatter, shattering players, but these are usable pieces for them. And, and I did think that this would look a lot worse for that loaded Phoenix Suns team. Any thoughts about the, the Lakers and Suns? Um, I concur what you said. I think they've been very active. And I think for the Lakers, um, I think it has to give LeBron a lot of <laughs> just security in terms of them being proactive in the offseason. So we'll see if that makes him happy in terms of his future as well. Um, but that's true. I, I guess if I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I, no. I guess if LeBron retires, you know, maybe maybe it's an L for the Lakers. Gotcha. But you and I both know that's not happening. No, yeah. <laughs> Um, one more winner, just kind of a fun one, uh, winner for the fans, both in Milwaukee and in the NBA in general, because we get the Lopez brother reunion in Milwaukee. I've, I've always loved the Lopez brothers. They're, they're just kind of goofy, always talking about comic books and stuff they like. Um, and, and just kind of overall sort of goofy dudes kind of remind me a little bit of, of Jokic, like how mellow they are and yet simultaneously goofy. We get the reunion of the Lopez brothers in Milwaukee with Robin Lopez um, signing with the Bucks and Brooke Lopez, by the way, who nearly signed with the Rockets, uh, mm -hmm. does re-sign with the Bucks. So a win for the Bucks there in keeping him on the roster. Um, Justin, we've had quite a few topics here. Um, we're coming to the end of the show. I do want to go with one more topic, and that is the layoffs that were announced um, on ESPN, of course. Uh, two of the big, bigger names in NBA coverage, certainly both in broadcasting and also in analysis, were cut from ESPN. I have no doubt they will land other positions somewhere else if they want them. But you look at um, what comes to mind for me right off the bat, Jeff Van Gundy, who broadcasts on that team, as well as... Uh, of course, Jalen Rose uh, from NBA Countdown, from Jalen and Jacoby. 
I know you've listened to Jalen and Jacoby for a long time. Just want to pick your brain on your thoughts about these, these cuts um, and any way you want to take it. Yeah. Um, not surprised about Jalen Rose. Jacoby left mm. ESPN, I think last year. Mm. And I always got the sense he was gone. Um, and I think looking at ESPN overall, it seems like they're changing the way they just um, present their programming. I think it was very personality based for a long time. Mm. If you take a look at their TV and their radio, and that's not the case anymore. I mean, really, ESPN radio doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. That's um, true. And then, other than first take, really, the personalities are gone. I mean, you have Scott Van Pelt. That's kind of it. I mean, the way we watch highlights, the personalities presenting those highlights is basically irrelevant. I'm just, I'm just saying, it's just kind of way it is in terms of how we get information nowadays. So, to spend a lot of money on a Sports Center anchor, it's it's a waste, just because mm-hmm. if you want to see that LeBron highlight, do you want to see the highlight? Or do you want to see somebody make cracking jokes? I mean, you can get that on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, you can hire somebody to do that for you and pay them dirt cheap money compared to some, you know, sports center anchors. So it's un- it's unfortunate for us because we care. I mean, in terms, of, I you know, speaking for myself, in terms of a lot of these personalities. I mean, we've watched them over the years, um, but at the same time, you're a Gen Z viewer, you're a younger millennial, um, and even kind of when your generation alpha grows up. I mean. I don't think these personalities are going to matter too much to them. So it makes sense from, from that standpoint to move in a different direction. And we were talking earlier. I mean, that includes Stephen A. Smith. I mean, he wants to leave too. I mean, he's talked about wanting to do late night talk shows, career in politics. So I think he's not due to be with that network forever as well. And I think another thing, and then I'll pass it to you. I mean, look at the rights that are coming up. Disney has been on record saying they don't like paying for sports rights. They're not cool with just the, the amount of money they have to pay to keep live sports, even though it's a double-edged sword in terms of live sports still being relevant on cable these days. You have a lot of more people cutting the cord, but live content still keeping viewers around. Sports is a big part of that, but the trade-off is you have to pay tons and tons of money. So this could be a sign with like, you know, Van Gundy leaving with Jalen Rose leaving, um, you know, they could be making a move to, you know, cut the NBA and mm. shift it to another network. In my opinion, that'd be a huge mistake. I just think mm. the NBA is such a huge part of ESPN slate. Uh, I think that'd be brutal, but at the same time, being a hardcore NBA fan, I mean, I love the, I love the NBA on NBC. So mm-hmm. I think that'd be great also. So um, there's some negatives and positives here. It's a bummer to see people lose their jobs. That sucks. Um, I think it's a scarier time because I think when this first happened, FS1 was launching. So you saw a lot of those people that got laid off and fired from ESPN join Fox Sports 1. Now the landscape's a lot more scattered. You have a lot more podcasts, a lot more digital media companies, uh, but there's not a lot of cable companies out there. You have a lot more like kind of regional sports networks shifting around. So it's a scarier time. So mm. I think honestly, the only people that are safe with their jobs is probably TNT inside the NBA. I mean, there's just no mm. way you're going to get rid of them. They're going to keep them. But other than that, 
I mean, everybody else is up for grabs. I mean, you saw what happened. I don't know if you saw with, you know, CNN, you know, them firing Don Lemon, them totally changing their format. I mean, right now, everybody's just other anchors. They're just making huge shifts everywhere. That's just happening within the media landscape. So, again, a bummer to see people lose their jobs. Um, At the same time, I just think with just sports and media, it usually works itself out. So I think it'll be an interesting six to eight months to see where a lot of these talents land. You bring up a lot of great points there. And if if you told me ESPN is going away from owning NBA rights, you then have what MLB and you have, um, you know, so, some other sports leagues too. They're more minor, like kind of below the NBA. And you also have uh, some NFL rights. I mean, that to me, that sounds like ESPN is going in an older age bracket category which is interesting i, I think which is a huge the, mistake <laughs> the nba still yeah. brings like a, the younger audience that could potentially you know sustain your network in the future if you build those you know sort of loyalties early on um so so it's interesting i i think jeff van gundy wouldn't shock me at all if he signs with tnt if they have the room for him and just get the van gundy brothers together i mean that that seems like (laughs) that i mean nobody would be shocked by that um jalen rose i i think if he wanted to he could link back up with jacoby if he wanted to he could start his own you know podcast uh on it kind of go the independent route i think he has such a unique voice and I credit him for that. He, he has a way where when he talks about something, he, so whether he is or not, I, I think he does sound very genuine uh, and has always, and really was kind of a trailblazer to his credit for players sort of like pulling back the curtain and, and yeah. letting you know, like, this is the way things are. This is the way things went down on the road. This is the way, um, the life of an NBA player goes, you know, et cetera. Uh, so I do think he could carry his own audience if, if he wanted to go the independent route, it's hard for me to imagine him going to like Fox sports. And I don't know if, uh, with TNT having Chris Weber there, I, I don't know if he's got a spot on TNT probably could negotiate one. I'm sure. Um, but it seems to me if, I, I don't know, I get the sense he could go independent. We'll keep an eye on that. Of course. Um, any other thoughts, topics you wanted to cover for this week? Um, there's a lot we went through, took honestly longer than I thought we would on it, but there was a lot to cover this week and so much more that you guys can look, you know, on NBA.com is where I was pulling from the list of all the transactions that have happened yeah. No, that's it. Um, I think next stop is Summer League, and it's to see these right. rookies in action. So hopefully no one gets hurt. And not only Summer League, but like the, the Drew League, these other Pro-Am Leagues. I mean, Chet Holmgren got injured by LeBron this time last year. So I'm just True. hoping everybody stays healthy. Everybody you know, comes of it at, you know unscathed, and we can see everybody you know when the season starts in October. So we'll see. Absolutely. Chet Holmgren, by the way, impressing so far uh, early, early in the game. So um, right on. Well, thank you as always for supporting the show. If you stuck with us to this point, our email, you can send us your questions, comments, hoopsologypod at gmail.com. 
check out our huge library of interviews, whether that be on YouTube or on our podcast feed, wherever you're doing your podcast listening. Uh, once again, we appreciate your support. We thank you for being along on the ride with us. For Justin Goodrum, I'm Matt Thomas. You guys have a great rest of your week, and we will be back real soon with another episode of In the Lab with Hoopsology. Peace out. See you next time.